Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. From Postcard from the Past and the award-winning Wardour Studios, this is Podcast from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. This is a place where we go to the shoebox under the bed and investigate its contents and consider picture postcards as we explore what it is that causes us to keep hold of these precious cardboard rectangles. Each time, I welcome two guests, and it's their postcards that act as prompts to direct us towards memories mysteries and stories. I'm Tom Jackson. I'm delighted to say that today my guests are author and illustrator Ian Beck and writer and actor and observer of everyday life, Miranda Keeling. Uh, Miranda and Ian, welcome to Podcast from the Past. Thank you. Thank you. Now, as I mentioned, Ian Beck, Ian Archie Beck, um, is an author and illustrator who perhaps made his name in 1973 when he painted the cover for Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Um, yes. a, there's a piece of work that everyone's seen. But there is more to him than platform soles and silk <laughs> jackets. <laughs> yes. Ian has illustrated over 140 books, written seven novels. And his most recent book, which is subtitled A Year of Lockdown Paintings, which I think gives us a clue to the, the modus operandi, the actual title, A Light in Suburbia, which are exquisite watercolours of the quiet streets of West London. Now, we'll come back to West London later, I suspect. But um, I, I can see that Ian joins us bearing a BN3 postmark. Where's that from? The BN3 postmark, I think you'll find, is uh, Brighton and Hove. Lovely. Right where I grew up. Yeah. Ah, so, so that, that's where you entered the world. Yeah. And how was it growing up at the seaside? Well, it was wonderful. Um, seaside postcard land, obviously. Of course. Uh, and... Um, I think the, the, one of the great, although I was born to a kind of working class family with no, not much money or anything, in the hum, summer holiday from school or whatever it was, you had no, um, there was never anything to worry about what you would do. Right. You'd just go to the beach. Yes. Or you'd wander the seafront or go to the park. I mean, it was extremely good place to grow up. You know, it was very yeah. lucky. That's a very democratic entertainment, isn't it? It's there for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Very good. And do you still, still go down there? I do, yes. My sister lives there still, and uh, we visit there occasionally, yeah. yeah. I must say, when I go down to Brighton, I find the cards on sale at the uh, tourist shops are, are really looking rather tired. Oh, indeed. I mean, the, the days of Donald McGill are long gone. Yes, yes. Uh, the great McGill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> ladies on the beach and all that, you know, yeah. He spent his later days, of course, in, uh, in Streatham in South London. Oh, did he? St. Reatham, yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the uh, I, I recently had an exhibition. The last exhibition I had was paintings of Brighton and Hove. Oh, lovely. The place where I grew up and the house I was born in and so on. Kind of revisiting them. I had a, a yen to do so, so I went down and painted. So you, you traced the whole thing? Yeah, I went down and I, I used the... Um, yeah, I bought an old street directory, the you know, the uh, Kelly's street directory, and worked out where all my old school friends lived and went and looked, painted their houses. Goodness me, and how did that feel? It was, it was well, of course, the houses changed quite a lot, some of them. Some were impossible because they was, didn't look anything like I remembered. But one or two had retained exact quality. Wow. And uh, I did enjoy it, yeah. And I published a catalogue of them. Uh, called Recollected Sunlight. So Right, Ian, I have to ask you, do you still send postcards? Uh, I, yeah, I love postcards, and I've, I've actually got several of my own printed, my own work, Good. to send out as postcards, yeah. Were they promotional, or was that specifically because the work fitted? They're, um, they're promotional for me, mm. and they're also things that people can buy in, in sets. Yes. You know, they buy a whole set of postcards of uh, various paintings of mine. So. Very good. Well, the art postcard, I think, is sort of clinging on, perhaps more it than, um, more than yeah. the view or the, um, uh, you know, I mean, other if, kinds. If you, if you go to a grand exhibition, the rule is, of course, that the one painting you want to have the postcard of is never there. <laughs> I'm not sure why that applies, but it seems to, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I remember going to a gallery, I think it was in Antwerp, and there was a particular picture I wanted to get a, a postcard of because I, I enjoyed the picture. And I went to the shop and they had it as a postcard, but they had it with the people's faces replaced by cats. What? And I thought, oh, really? this, you're teasing me now. This is not... Yes. That's like being in a bad dream or something. Yes, not very odd. Anyway, right. Now, um, if you spend any time at all on Twitter... Obviously, you have my pity. But if you do, um, you may well have seen amongst the rants and the bad jokes and adverts for Netflix, occasional little moments, descriptions of everyday life observed and reported by my guest here, Miranda Keeling. Now, as night follows day, they have now become collected into a very well-received book, The Year I Stopped to Notice, handsome little book. And when Miranda is not stalking quirky moments in the street, she's an actor. And she works all over the place, including on EastEnders and Emmerdale, and in studios not unlike this. And Miranda comes to us today with a Staithes postmark. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I was born in Whitby in um, Yorkshire, and the maternity ward is gone now. So you, you can't be born there now, but I was. Um, <laughs> that's an end then... of that chapter. <laughs> <laughs> and then we lived briefly in Staithes, and Stays is this incredible place, also by the sea, um, and just fighting the sea all the time. And I suspect with climate change, that's getting worse. But there's this feeling with the, you know, in a, in a high storm, in a big storm, the sea rushes up the high street and you have to leap out of the way wow. onto a doorstep so that you don't, you know, get this covered in seawater. It's really, it's quite an extraordinary place and, and so I didn't grow up there I was there for a short time and then we went off to various other places but we used to go back a lot in the summer and it still feels part of me even though it's a long time can't wash that seawater off right <laughs> when, when were you last there so pre-pandemic I went so before I think I went when I was pregnant and my daughter is now four. Oh goodness <laughs> yeah well she, she's owed a trip she's really owed a trip we were talking about it yesterday 
Very good. Now, I would normally ask you now, Miranda, when you last sent a postcard, ah. but I think I know. Go on. Yesterday. Good heavens. How did you know? Well, I didn't really know. I was just saying that I know because that's the sort of thing I say. <laughs> I was saying it because I know you had some promotional postcards, ah. not unlike what Ian was describing, for your book. But tell me what you sent yesterday. Yesterday, I sent a postcard to a friend who I had stayed with recently to thank her for her hospitality. Lovely. A thank you card. Good. Yeah. And I always send postcards as thank you cards or often just because I just... Something about them, isn't there? It works. Yeah. And what was the card? So this was one You don't have to tell me the whole message, but I'll let let you what the picture was. Oh, so the picture... So this one I had made, and so it was a picture of her son... And my daughter holding hands <laughs> because they've got on so well, just from the back. And I got it put on a postcard and sent it to her yesterday. Very good. Well, handmade counts double, I think. But I was going to, when I was trying to be clever and, 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 and you trumped me, you trumped me. <laughs> I was going to say that you had some beautiful cards put together, um, presumably by your publisher. Um, yeah. For your book, which I think worked really well because you've taken, and we should, you know, not, every, not the whole world isn't on Twitter. People may not know anything about what, they may not have understood anything about, I said about you. But they're little vignettes of life is what you put together. And, and obviously they're very well suited to the minimal characters you have on Twitter. But as postcards, they work rather well because they have a sort of philosophical feel. Uh, perhaps, you know, you're good at this stuff. Perhaps you could read out one or two for me. So each one is, each message is on a card. This is the picture side of the card. But they kind of, you know, it's a bit like you might have a religious message or something. But they're quite, they're both inconsequential and, and I think perhaps there's more to them than that as well. But That's exactly what I would say about them too. A woman pretends she isn't reading the book of a man beside her on the bus who pretends he isn't holding it so it's easier for her to do so. I don't know where else you'd find that moment caught. That's what I like about it. You caught something that I don't know where else you'd find that. Maybe in an art house film it would be a shot but it's it's nice. It's got a kind of fly and amber feeling hasn't it? That's right that's right yes you catch it very good. And the other one here is man on the tube I'm tired his wife Oh, we're all tired, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) The book was called The Year I Stopped to Notice, but that year wasn't the year of lockdown, was it? Or was it? So, the year of the book is all of the years that I've been observing. Right. So I went back through 40,000 observations. You've done 40,000? Since 2013. Right. You're working for the spy service, I can tell. (laughs) And, um, And just distilled the ones that represented the months, you know. Brilliant. Okay, so it's it's the year is a sort of agglomeration of several years. Yeah. But it gave you your structure, I suppose, because... Yeah, and I think if I tried to pin it down to a particular year, it might have been a shame in a way, because then we were thinking, well, should people be masked or not masked? Or, you know, what am I, what year am I going to look at? And then suddenly it has a much narrower focus. Yeah. Yeah, and there is a universality to them. That's sort of the point, isn't it? Cause I think so. Because they're about human behaviour as much as anything else. Yeah. You're not saying, I saw a Robbie Williams poster on the tube. You're saying, I saw a person doing X, Y, or Z. Exactly. Before we see and hear about the cards that Miranda and Ian have brought along, or in Ian's case, he has ready in his little uh, shed, I think you called it, um, I'll give you a quick card of mine. Now, this is, this is a postcard from the past card, like I do... Uh, on Twitter, uh, in my book. So it's an old card from which I've selected just a a, a part of the message. Um, This is a card. It's Clovelly Harbour. Have I said that right? Clovelly? I think it's Clovelly. I don't know. Clovelly, yeah. In in Devon. um, Which I understand is is a privately owned village. 
That's something to aspire to, isn't it? <laughs> you don't have a village? No. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm in the wrong job. So it's a nice card, Judge's card, uh, 1970, sent to Wembley in Middlesex. And um, nice um, capitalised handwriting, written, I think, with a, a proper fountain pen, fourpenny stamp. Um, now, the bit that intrigued me... Oh, yes, it's really... I mean. I suppose picking up on, 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 on so there are similarities between your observations and, and people's what people choose to observe on cards. And, and this card from Audrey, writing to Mr and Mrs Brown, she says, um, Rained non-stop since Tuesday, and up to now have only worn my slacks. So there you go. <laughs> I don't even... Do people call trousers slacks anymore? I don't think they do. And That's it, a period word, isn't love it? it so much. Yeah, I think she probably had other clothes on, but, you know... Anyway, another another quick one. This is this is a card of a doll's house. I, I do like cards of doll's houses. I don't know why I've got it's lovely, though. too many really. And this is card from York York Castle Museum. Very good museum at York. Card is from 1984. A little bit newer. Sent to Perth in Scotland by the Dixon Three Plus One. Don't know what that means. Three plus one. Why not the Dixon Four? Don't know. <laughs> Family of three and then one baby, maybe? Probably. Know. Who knows? Or a cat. A cat. You don't take your cat on holiday, do you? <laughs> maybe you do. Maybe. Well, I like, I like the fact that we don't know. That's always my favourite thing, really, not knowing. It's um, so much more liberating than actually knowing. Now, let me see what... Oh, yes. Again, it's a, just, a, it's just a, uh, an odd little observation this person made. Um, this, this is really the opposite weather. This is very good weather. And it says... Um, it's quite a walk from town to digs, and parking is expensive and scarce. But she doesn't write scarce, she writes scares, like, like Halloween scares. Um, so feet are on the hot side when we get back. It's the minimum of clothes. And it says, I've even donned shorts, long ones. And they say, people were just wandering into the river, fully clothed today, then drying off in no time. And just that image of, of, of people wandering into the river fully, it, it's like the town's gone mad. It's like it's a sort of strange medieval thing taken over. The t- and York's a rather medieval town, you know, some kind of terrible hysteria. Everyone's wandering into the river. For, uh, maybe it's a sort of baptism or something, I don't know. Anyway, these are the questions I'd like to ask myself. <laughs> now, um, everyone listening to this podcast, well done for sticking with it, but mm. um, images of all these cards, you can see the pictures, they're all on the show notes at postcardfromthepast.co.uk so you can see that it's real, we're not making it up. Now, Miranda and Ian, you've both been very kind and prepared some cards for, for this podcast, which is, as, as you've gathered, partially long distance, partially in the studio. Let's start with you, Ian. Now, the first cards, you, the cards you've got, these, these are cards which are from a very specific correspondent, aren't they? Um, they are, which yes. One, would you like to start with the sunset? Is that sensible? Yeah, the sunset one, yes. Yeah. So okay. we've got a, a, what have we got? A, we've got a cliché, as it were, a photograph of a glorious sunset. The sunset from Briar, Isles of Scilly. Um, and this postcard was sent to my brother and sister-in-law um, from the late artist Glyn Boyd Hart, and I recently published a book on Glyn. He died in 2003, and he was an inveterate uh, postcard sender. Excellent. And I think, I think he based his kind of postcard style 
on another artist, uh, the wonderful, um, well, he, he sent, there's a whole book of this other artist's postcards called Well Deary, right. which is a kind of signing off. And uh, I think Glyn based his uh, written style for his postcards on, on this uh, thing. So he wrote these very kind of pithy, witty, silly messages, but they do contain truths as well as being um, there to amuse and um, excite. I've, no, I've never um, heard of anyone basing their postcard message style on someone else's. This is a yes, very, on, very self-aware thing to do. A very, well, he was like that. And, and the, the style he based on was the painter was Edward Burrow, right. who was uh, wrote extremely camp postcards off to all his friends. Oh. Um, and, and the title of the book, I say, is called Well, Deary. I see. Because that's the way he spoke. That there's a very funny uh, Arts Council film of Edward Burrow talking to the camera, which, if you ever get a chance to see it, I highly recommend it. Very, very funny. Right. Very amusing indeed. Um, when asked why people would go to see his retrospective exhibition at the Tate Gallery, he said, Oh, well, dear, to improve themselves. <laughs> while puffing on a kind of dog end of a cigarette and stirring some sausages in a frying pan. So he's a great, Edward Burrow, great character, lived in Rye, which he referred to as Tinkerbell Town, right. and sent millions of postcards and letters off to his friends with bits of drawing, which are all very funny. And Glyn and I both uh, devoured this book when it came out uh, back in the, I guess, late 70s. Right. And, and Glyn's postcards then took on this kind of slight persona so if I read out the message on the back of this one... Yeah, I'd so love got to this, hear it, yes. We've got this very uh, rocks at sunset. And Glyn, in, earlier in his career, used to make crayon drawings based on postcards, oh, really? which he liked to do as kind of art piece when he was at the Royal College. So the message reads, this looks like the sort of postcard I used to copy, colon. Unfortunately, it's practically the view from our house, except ours has palm trees and a castle which makes it all the more sickening. <laughs> so, you see, so he's kind of bathos undercutting the sunset. We have learnt to cook our own lobsters in seawater, brackets, V-humane, and I'm afraid we begin to resemble them. <laughs> Hope the greenhouse effect lasts until Mexico. All love, Glynn. I'm not quite sure what that last bit about Mexico means, <laughs> but that is a typical example. So while I was preparing the book on Glynn, I thought we might use the end paper at the front of the book and reproduce some of the postcards. So I dug oh. out and asked people to send me Glyn's postcards because I had a few and my brother and sister-in-law had them. So I put them together as a kind of collage Brilliant. in the front of the book. And so you can actually read lots more of them, but they, they have that kind of quality. Um, so this sort of larky uh, style is, is, is lark, reminds yes. me a bit of what um, sometimes particularly sort of teenage correspondents send each other. But it's, yeah. it sounds like he managed to keep that sense of playfulness through his life. Oh, well, he did. Uh, uh, he, 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 was, he set out to amuse. I mean, this was... He, he, he sent these postcards off to everybody. He's got lots of them. You know, and they're very nice things to keep because they are funny. And they contain little elements of truth. As I say, little bits of biography. <laughs> elements of truth as opposed elements to truth. all yeah, truth. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, learning to cook lobsters. I'm not sure if that... Maybe it did happen, I don't know. But describing somewhere beautiful as sickening... Yes. Um, uh, is, is typically, he moved to France in the late 80s 
and lived in a, a village in Normandy called Verle-les-Roses, a seaside village. And he described it instantly as, a, my dear, this is a sickeningly pretty. Because <laughs> they had crest beds and water running through the town. It was a very beautiful town, but um, yeah, he had to kind of both love and mock it at the same time. You know, you couldn't... Don't, don't artists often have a strange relationship with sunsets? Because hmm. uh, sunsets are a bit um, chocolate boxy. What, what, yeah, well, how do you, quite, how do you, you feel know, about sunsets? Well, I, yes, I, I like to paint light at various times. Yes. And indeed, twilight, I think, is a very interesting time to try and capture in paint. But direct sunsets, I think I probably wouldn't. But Glyn did paint some when he was at Verley Rose, and he called them, wouldn't dream of calling them a sunset. Of course, he called it couche de soleil. Of course. <laughs> just to be grand. Uh, so mange two, mange two. Yeah, I'm making some couche de soleil. Very good. Yeah, exactly. But this, exactly. the image on, on this card is... is absurdly oversaturated isn't it yes it is um, <laughs> yes. It, it, very very orange and yellow and uh, yeah. yeah yeah and um yeah it, it puts me in mind of some of those other there's there's a card that um i think john hines did it and i think it was it was called cornwall sunset and it's, it's very much this sort of absolute wash of of, of deep orange and it's been suggested that, in fact, it was also relabeled as various other places as well, just with the same sunset. Well, yeah, indeed. You see, this this allegedly being briar and the eyes are silly. Who knows? It could well be somewhere else. Yes, it? random rocks yeah, and purpose. lots of orange. Lots of orange, yeah, all purpose. Very good, very good. Well, I think we're going to come back to um, another of these um, uh, these cards from this from this same archive shortly, aren't we? Um, yeah. But that that's very good. Thank you for that. Now, Miranda, hmm. what's the first card on your doormat? So this, I mean, I think this is extraordinary. I, I've never seen anything like this, really. And it's... What it's, have we got? It's of a cat, and the cat's in a basket, surrounded by probably fake plastic flowers and some kind of vessel at the back. But the cat, this is a painting of a cat in a basket, from, and the card is from... 1910 and the cat to me i don't know about you but looks very human it's it's very it's, it looks like a cat painted by somebody who's used to painting faces yes. of humans and and doesn't quite know how to make it more cat-like. Very disgruntled looking cat i'd say disgruntled its body My, is so would you short. be if you've been put in a basket <laughs> of forget-me-nots it's sort of like and then there's this little message underneath that says love me little love me long I don't know what language that's translated from. It doesn't sound English, does it? Doesn't, it? it doesn't sound <laughs> quite right. And also, this looks like a cat that might be quite hard to love. Yes. He's got a walrus moustache. Yes. Hasn't he? Yeah. Rather than whiskers. <laughs> it's Very so, 90 something. It's sort of creepy. I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It doesn't press all the sentimental buttons very effectively. <laughs> I think it's trying to. I think it's trying to very hard. Now, this, so, is, this isn't a Louis Wayne cat. It's not one of these sort of slightly crazed psychedelic cats, is it? I think it's, um, it's part. Of, I'm sure it's part of the same boom in cat painting, but it's, um, it, it's, it, it, it doesn't have the exuberance. And if you see it in real life, it's got it's kind of embossed as well. So, <clears throat> you know, it's got a texture to it, and the edge is gold. Oh yes, yes, so it's, it's really of, quite trying to be quite that, fancy. Um, Debossed, you could also embossed. see the uh, the lithographic process. Oh yes, not I don't mean embossed, do I? I mean yeah, it is embossed. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, not, not very not very much. <laughs> so this is an American postcard. So my family on my mother's side are American. I'm dual national myself, ah. and the 
the we in, so my my grandparents died and my mum went and inherited all of their sort of stuff and and brought it back to England and then she died pretty soon afterwards so my brother and I had to sort through in our 20s generations of of things that we didn't understand you know if my mum had been around to say oh this is what this who this is we we'd have had a oh my more goodness, of a sense what of what a mystery a, yeah, series so, of mysteries <laughs> so this is one of the cards that was in there i don't know if anyone in my family knew these people or if somebody just picked it up and thought what a fantastic cat i'm just going to keep it Shall I read the back? Yeah, I and mean, before you read the back, yeah. I mean, the, the address does that that doesn't connect to your family in a way no, that you it's understand. Indiana, right? It's San, Sanborn, Indiana. Which I mean, I don't. If we have relatives in Indiana, I don't know who they are. Right? How tantalising that! I mean, you can't you can't dismiss it because you never know, do you? Exactly. So, what's the message? So it says, "Dear Elsie," and then it looks like maybe it has an exclamation point, but I'm not sure. Received your postcard and was so glad to hear from you. I suppose you enjoyed Christmas fine. I did. Received a letter from Mabel D today with her and Hank's picture. Was just dandy of them. Was so glad to get it. Have you heard of me changing my name? Answer soon. Your loving friend, Anna M. Purcell. Wow. So she's changed her name. (laughs) So then I looked up, because I was coming on this, I looked up her name from Indiana. And at that time period, there was a woman who got divorced whose name was... Anna Purcell. Maybe that was her. I don't know. So became Purcell from a married name? Or the reverse. Oh, I see. Interesting. So <laughs> not not only is it a person we don't know who they are, they're actually shifting their identity within themselves as yes. well. Goodness. And, that, and the cat knows everything. The cat clearly knows everything. Yeah. And doesn't care. Well, that's a precious thing. And that's 1910. 1910. Well, that's the absolute sort of uh, high point of postcards f- crisscrossing the the, oh, really? the world. Yeah, yeah. Ah. There are probably more cards sent in 1910 than any other year, I'd have thought. That's interesting. Um, it kind of tipped off when the First World War came in. But, yeah, they were they were a huge number. And it was, what, one cent? Yeah, very good. And it went from Indiana to Indiana, so yeah. it's fairly local. It really... um doing this today is, is really making me realise the, the correlation between this and what I do when I'm observing because because you're capturing this moment. You can't entirely understand it because you never ask the person any questions and you're left with this kind of residue of their life to to wonder at, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and it sits there. And it, and it, I, I, I like these things because I feel they resonate. There's something going mm. on and um, you, you, you can't unpick them. No. I, don't, I mean, we, we might be able to find out who that person was, but you'll never find out some of the other bits because those have gone, just the words remain. Uh, potentially a very deeply personal family card or potentially something that just happened to be in the box. <laughs> exactly. How strange, how strange. Very good. A quick, a quick one more from me now. This is, um, yeah, and this is from the sublime to the ridiculous, <laughs> but it's um, actually it's a John Hind card, um, you know, the... the, 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 the um, uh, cards have very oversaturated colours and um, very fine photographs. Uh, this was by um, uh, Nagler, one of his photographers. And th- actually, this is not, uh, it's not so different from what you had, Ian, which is it's someone being deliberately playful, I think, on the card. And sometimes the jokes are a bit laboured, you know. But then it's nice to sort of acknowledge that people make jokes because with what I do on Twitter, I think people sometimes think that I'm 
sort of making fun of the people who wrote the cards, and I'm, I'm just appreciating them, really. But, but people also like to make jokes. I mean, people, people always like to make jokes. So this one says, um, this, is, this is from someone called, well, they don't really sign themselves, but it's, it's, it's being sent to Wales. Uh, can't tell you the date. Mid-80s, I think. Oh, it's a great card. The stone circle is quite sort of mystical mm. and interesting and a, a, a nicely touched-up sky. Um, and it says, uh, Dear David, thank you for the directions. We followed them stringently, and we are enjoying our holiday in North Africa very much. Uh, they're, they're clearly <laughs> in Keswick. So, you know, it's ha-ha-ha, you know. And it says, this is the line that confused me, but I, I kind of get it now. It said, Lots of nice photos, most of which I found in a magazine and a newsagent's. Now, there's me wondering, what do they mean? What do they mean? What do they mean? Oh, I see. You would you would normally write lots of nice photos, meaning I could take lots of nice photos, but they're saying there were lots of nice photos. I think in a porno- pornographic magazine is the joke. They're making it. It's a lad making a joke to oh, his I friend. Oh, I see. So it's <laughs> yeah, no emojis in those days. That's no, to help right. you realizing it's all you know, no sticky out tongue emoji or. But um, anyway, it says lots of love, Uncle Festa. So, you know. I think, Adam's family. That's yeah, the name. Yeah, just mucking about. So there's a mucking about card. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the Postcard Podcast, and my guests today are Ian Beck and Miranda Keeling. Now, here's a surprise. We've received a postcard. Hmm. Uh, and it's a card of Torbay, South Devon, multi-view, main image of um, Cockington Forge. They are with the uh, oh, yeah. thatch roofs and the little buggy. A lovely sunny day. And this card is from Mrs. Watson of Oxted in Surrey. And she's, her answers she has, number one, the Old Vic. Number two, Waterloo Station. Well, sorry, Mrs. Watson, they're the wrong answers. Right, on with the postcard stories. Ian, what's the second card you've got for us today? OK, the second card from the same source to the same, the same um, recipient um, is a, a sepia photograph, an older postcard probably found 
maybe in a second-hand shop, I don't know, of the open-air theatre at Porth Curno. Mm. Very nice. And there's a stone throne next to a baluster with the sea in the background, and sitting in the stone throne is a figure smiling with their hands clasped together. Rather odd, very odd image, I must say. It looks like Noel and, Coward or someone. Well, I think Glyn thought it looked like somebody else. Okay. And, uh, and in his message, he described who he thought it might be. Oh, you, you better fill us in. Yes, yeah, so he says, darlings, you can imagine our horror coming upon this sinister, underlined figure on the cliffs. Colon, they have had Sir Harold Acton stuffed. <laughs> Capital letters. Our house party of Dean's daughters, curates and lady watercolourists is simply heaven. Can't wait to misbehave. All love and very best wishes, Hilda and Doris. Little Lucian, A took his first steps alone on the lawn today. So amongst this, rather, this from the silly art... This needs decoding, I think. It need, I could, well, decoding. So the sinister figure of Harold Acton... Of course, Sir Harold Acton was the aesthete... Yes. ..a great friend of Evelyn Waugh, who, in Brideshead Revisited, is the character reciting bits of T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland out of a megaphone right. to the rowers on the river. <laughs> And uh, he was that figure was based on apparently on Harold Acton, who was uh, this great young aesthete at Oxford, and later ended his spent most of his life in this his the villa outside Florence, a uh, very beautiful villa, and obviously one of Glynn's kind of um, cultural touchstones, yes. so we say Harold Acton, and indeed the figure the stuffed figure as it were sitting in the stone throne does vaguely resemble Harold Acton. Is that what he looked like? A little bit, yeah, just a little bit. Rather large American with a, a domed head like right. that wow. in later life. Yes, yeah, so I think having stuffed. <laughs> and little Lucian A would be Glyn's son, who... Uh, so there's a little bit of tender autobiography in there that Lucian took his first steps alone on the lawn today, so... Oh, that's, that's uh, a bit less artful, a bit more straightforward. Less, yeah, exactly, so that's a little... A little a little sort of proud fatherly moment, which is unusual for Glyn to include such a thing in, a, in, a, in one of the postcards. Rather sweet, really. But it is, it is a very odd figure sitting in that stone throne. Yes, it, it, it is. And he's sort of, um, with his hands together, yeah. looking at us, he looks like a character from yeah. a horror film. Well, he does, yeah, exactly. But it, Imagine our horror coming up on this sinister figure. This isn't the Minap so, Theatre. This is a different theatre. <laughs> This is obviously something not dissimilar. Yeah, right. the open air theatre at Porth Kernel. I'm not. I don't know. Well, I wonder um, if it's the uh, whoever, whatever sort of colourful person put this theatre together. Maybe that's. Maybe that's them. Yes. Or hmm. it, it is a curious, as so many postcard images are, a curious image. Yes. Yes. It, yeah. It's, it's um, yeah. a very conventional view of the the cove. And then, yes. And then at the end, another cove. <laughs> another cove looking back at you and saying, daring you to buy this postcard yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> you know, the, the phrase people use these days, they, they talk about things being haunted. It feels rather haunted, actually. It does, yeah. No, yeah. I agree. Plus the sepia effect helps that. Yeah, and it is an old card, I think. They must have bought that second-hand oh, at the it time. Looks, oh, I'm sure they got it second-hand, yeah, no doubt. And, in fact, the card is published by Constance. Ah, uh, you see, you know, you see, yeah, you're aware of all this. A Constance Limited. Yeah, yes. Constance. And well, you were talking about um, Donald McGill. Yeah, they were based. They were based in Streatham, uh, in in the, in the latest days. And the chap who ran it, um, 
although people talk about the fact that he perhaps exploited McGill, um, you'll know how illustrators don't always have great rights over their work. Um, he did actually look after McGill in his, in his, uh, uh, in his oldest days. So, um, and, and the company was based in one house in, in, in Streatham and McGill lived in the, the house next door. So I have a, I have a, a fondness for Constance. Um, because they're neighbours to me. I, mean, I live in Streatham, so it's interesting to me. But also uh, the Constance Company I find interesting and, and the whole dynamic of it all. Very good. It's also interesting that his writing is lovely and in this postcard he's matched the colour of the ink <sighs> to the word postcard, which oh is really... God. Yes, he did have a very that. good hand. Yeah, you're right. His handwriting is very clear and very distinct. Uh, yeah, yeah. So these are really they're pieces of um, male art. Mm. Yeah, yes, way. I think that's right. You know, without I mean, being they're... subversive the way sort of some of the, you know, the, the, the avant-garde male artists were. This is, this is using the mail, using the post as a way of creating a performance, I suppose. Indeed, that's right. No, no, very much so. Yes, he was always, he was always on. I mean, if people... <laughs> How people, exhausting. I mean, <laughs> exhausting. I mean, if, when I first knew him in the early 70s and he met various friends of mine... The one comment that always came back to me afterwards was, is he for real? <laughs> is he for real? Yes. Because he wore old-fashioned clothes and uh, two-tone correspondence shoes always. Wow. Way, even when he was an art student at the Royal College of this Art. This is in the 60s, uh, is it? Oh. In, in, the, in, the, in the early 70s. Early 70s. And, uh, he was, you know, he was described... His first exhibition catalogue was written by Tom Stoppard, who admired his work. Wow. And said that uh, when he first encountered Glyn, he was dressed as T.S. Eliot in his Lloyd's Bank phase. <laughs> Unlike all the other art students. The other art students were, you know, long-haired headbangers and, and so on. And Glyn stood out from being very, very different to that. Very good. Odd. Yeah. Well, people like that, you don't forget them. No, that's true. No, he was a one-off, definitely. Very good, yeah. very good. And he's left us these, um, well, it sounds like an archive of, of oh, yes, over-the-top postcards. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's some, yeah. something more to dig into, I think. I need, I need, I need to pursue that further from, from what I've learned today, so I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. I'll scan you some more and send them to you. Wonderful, you wonderful. Yeah. There you go, folks. I get special, special treatment. <laughs> Windy. Now, um, we'll, we'll leave that ghostly chap on the Silly Isles coast and we'll come to Miranda now. So no cats now. What's your, what's your final card for us, Miranda? So this is an image by... It's a photograph by Richard Long. Yeah, the piece is called A Line Made by Walking. And it's a black and white postcard. There's a, a white border around the edge. And then it has... It kind of has the look of a Polaroid, although it isn't, of a field. And then at the back of the field, there are these tall trees and right down the centre of the field, like the parting in a, you know, some hair, is a line that's lighter. Coming straight to us, isn't it? Yeah. And that's it. So why why the devil have you brought that in? What, what, what was so, it about that that appealed to you? So I was in a writing class in 2015, and I was being taught by the brilliant Maggie Hammond, and she did a writing exercise with us. She likes to use postcards a lot, and she she would always give the group a random postcard, and then you'd have to do a writing exercise about it. And I picked this one, and I ended up doing this writing exercise, which actually I have. Um, I could read you a tiny bit of it, but then I forgot about it because we did loads of writing exercises, and then uh, sometime later I was in a gallery and I saw the postcard, 
And it really resonated with me because I'd really enjoyed the exercise, so I bought it for myself. And you spent time with it, I suppose. Yeah, I'd spent a lot of time thinking about it. And, and then, you know, because of this, I also sort of looked up his meaning behind it. And, you know, he's really interested in impermanence. And he made the line himself by walking back and forth, it turns out. Oh, it's, there's no, there's no uh, paint or distemper. No, it's, it's, that's it's a fo- real... Wow. A real thing. And then, in the end, after buying the postcard and keeping it for a while, I started my novel with the opening part of the novel, this writing exercise, and now it's become... I've got a, a third of a novel so far, or maybe actually more like two-thirds. So it's this postcard... And it starts this, here. It starts here, <laughs> yeah. And Amazing. it really... So it was, it was a really useful image for me, and I think one of the things I love about it is that it's really simple... And it has, but it's weird. It's simple but odd, which is just the kind of thing I love, where you go, hang on, what, you know, why is that happening and what what about that is interesting to me? But he's, is Richard Long, you say? Yeah. He's interesting because, I mean, you you probably both know far more about him than I do, but my understanding is some of the things he gets up to, he, he, he creates something in the natural world and then the photograph, for example, the photograph is simply the record of it and it, it, although it's part of the artwork, the thing itself is really the artwork. Does, does that make sense? It's like, is it Goldsworthy who does all of those pieces that are in nature? And they're, they're, you sort of, part of the process for him is not just the photograph and the, the result itself, but it's the process of making that interaction with nature that leaves a print, leaves a, an, an essence of a, a human interacting with it. Yes, and I thought you have to have the photograph. It's 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 the sort of um, it's the proof, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and I found something sort of sad about this image, and so the piece that I ended up writing was was about a, a girl who who lost her sister. Her sister disappears basically, and beyond the line of trees, and they've never found her in this story that I wrote. And she walks up and down this line where her sister disappeared in her head, oh. and she comes back sometimes to visit her her dad in, in the family home and she always goes to see, you know, is the line still there? Does she need to keep it going? Because really all it is is, 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 is the way the grass has been bent, yeah. I suppose. It's, it's very impermanent. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, what a, I, I can see how those thoughts could come from this. Absolutely. It's the disappearing. Yeah, and it also the black and whiteness. Yeah, gives it kind of almost police evidence quality as well. Yes, yeah. it, it, it it's like a recording of a crime scene. It, it isn't, but yeah, when you've added your story into that mix, it is haunted-looking picture to start with. Yes, and when you said that about the the girl going backwards and forwards, up and down, looking for the, you see, it has that that bland, almost bland quality mm. of the, the photograph mm. in itself being non-artistic. You know, it's simply a record of that trek up towards the trees. It's, yeah, it's remarkable. Also, I suppose, if you're Richard Long walking up and down, that is a weird and neurotic thing to do. Yeah. Although he's doing it for whatever unspecified artistic reason. Yeah, he makes mud prints, doesn't he? Hand mud prints and things as well. But if a normal person did that, if you see a normal person as opposed to an artist, if a normal person... <laughs> they would have to have some complex emotional motivation to do it because it's such a strange thing to do. <laughs> And you wonder whether doing it, he knew what the result would be, what it would look like. It's a bit like I always wonder how you, how somebody discovered meringue. You know, who who <laughs> who took something a fork and beat an egg white for that long? 
I didn't think we were going to be discussing meringues. <laughs> you never told me you were bringing a postcard of a meringue. No, it's very good. I think you, you've reminded me the way these things spark off. It reminds me that when I was at school, for my English O level, they gave us a postcard and we had to write something about it. I guess a story. Hmm. I mean, do you write stories for O level? I thought it was more, more, more brainy than that. But anyway, they gave us a, it was a, it was a Atkinson Grimshaw. In fact, it was a rather orangey picture. It was a nightscape of Liverpool, I think. Uh, sort of, you know, the wet streets and the, ca- the carriages. And I hadn't really thought about this, but I remember I remember I kept the postcard. Most people left their postcard on the desk at the end. I took it home. So uh, that sounds right. Maybe something awful started that day. <laughs> that was that was that was the, that was the beginning. <laughs> I've, I found what's at the end of the white line. <laughs> very good, very good. So this you're you're hoping now to develop this into something a bit more substantial. Yeah, I feel like now my daughter is four. I can regroup and start to work on it again. I'd really shelved it for a while. And that's one of the lovely things about the short form stuff I do is you can fit it around life. But it's definitely something I need to pick up and have a look at, yeah. Excellent. Well, you heard it here first. And um, (laughs) at least we know what the cover's going to look like. Mm. Very good. Very good. Oh, well, thank you for that. Um, In fact, thank you both for your your cards and your efforts and your reflections and your thoughts. Um, I've said it before. uh, I never know where the cards will send us. Um, I'm delighted that you shared them with me and and our listeners. Um, Another quick reminder for everyone at home, images of these cards, which, you know, you may now have found your imagination peaked and it's not enough that we describe them. You want to see them. They're all on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk. Now, before I let you both go, Miranda from the room, Ian, off the line, um, got one more quick card in the Postcard from the Past style. Um, This is... Uh, what have we got? Oh, it's uh, North Beach Tenby in Pembrokeshire, 1990. So a very modern card, only only 30 short years ago. And um, this one was sent to Congleton in Cheshire. And uh, what was it about this one that intrigued? Oh, yes. Uh, I suppose it's slightly in honour of Miranda and her, her little um, pinpoint uh, observations. And, and this person who is called... Oh, Mum. She's called Mum. That's her name. And she's writing She must be writing to her kids, Mr and Mrs, or her son or daughter, Mr and Mrs Chadwick, and young Mark, presumably her grandson. And anyway, Mum says, I meant to tell you, which I think is a great way to start a, a thing on a postcard. <laughs> I, me- I meant to tell you. We found the ice cream shop and we both had strawberry boats. They were luscious, £2.60 each. Love, that it. Thought, that, Love that, it. That's a holiday, isn't it? That's a holiday. Um, right, now, it has become customary for us to end the show with one of these rather special things. Oh, wow. Which I'm, I'm handing across now to Miranda with great care. Um, and perhaps you could describe it to us, Miranda. So it looks like a record which has not been cut out of its... Um, the vinyl that it's printed on is that, is that what it is? Yeah, it's it's a postcard which is also a record. Ah, so you could play it. It is possible. Well, uh, only if you have an extremely talented audio engineer to help you. Um, <laughs> now, luckily, we have got such a person. Young Tom from Wardour Studios has, has has recorded this, and um, let's see what it sounded like. 
quite delicate. Oh. Could you could you paint to this? You think, Ian? It's lovely, isn't it? It's probably too short for you. I know you like a longer piece of music. <laughs> no, it doesn't go on long enough. No. <laughs> Just a little sketch. I'd have to put it on repeat. Yeah, you could loop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Hungarian. Wow. Uh, the music is, um, well, it's by Andras Shekeli, but I think it's an 18th-century tune called "I I Valley Lily." Yes, yes, Valley Lily. But, you know, I only have one thing to say, which is it's not bad for a piece of cardboard. No, also, it's very pretty it's drawing. It's beautiful. It is a nice drawing, yeah. isn't it? I love it. Yeah. It's a sort of folk costume. Nice ethnic costume and so on. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And nice, really nice. nice little swallows, swifts flying around. Yeah, nice and I like how their feet kind of come off the bottom of the record. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tethering them into And the, the hole isn't too painful. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, as the mother and daughter... Continue to rotate at exactly 45 RPM. <laughs> That's yeah. it on this time of podcast from the past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their and our pasts, Ian Beck and Miranda Keeling. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me, at PastPostcard. And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.